If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. That's all I've had today. So we are supposed to be excited. Awesome. Look, my mom, bless her, she is so excited about that I'm doing this. And she went, I, she stopped eating on the way home. She was telling me about watching. She said, I bet you're watching the Auburn game. I said, no, we're podcasting. She said, darn it, I wanted to hear you. Will it be recorded? <laughs> <laughs> She's so cute. I, was I, like, I just well. explained this to her as I was like, putting her in the car goodbye. I was like. It's recorded and she'll have to edit. So it won't be like today. You won't just like, probably won't get to hear it for a few days. I'll let you know when. But then within a few hours, she's like, Did, is it recorded? <laughs> yeah, it's on 95.2. <laughs> it's live broadcast, radio style. So I don't know if you're going to know my story. So well, hold on. Let me I know. Let me I'm just trying to like. That's fine. I'm excited. So, this is our listener lore, episode two, and we have Courtney Peppers here with us to give a live account of what happened, and I have no idea. Hello. Um, Yes. This is bartender Courtney. And bartender Courtney, who hooked us up always. I'm in front of the mic this time instead of the background, so I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) We made multiple takes here. We'll see. Oh, no. It'll be fine. Yes. One just and one. done. Okay. Fuck up live. <laughs> Costs too much to re-record. <laughs> it's just a pain in my ass. Which I will cover that. I will cover some old school recording in this. So yes. So I kind of titled mine um, "UFO Capital of the World." Oh and wow! Which a, is well, a lot of people will know this in this area. Some people won't, but Fife, Alabama. You See, would think like I had Roswell. no idea. Yeah, I had no. no idea. Fife. F-Y-F-F-E, Alabama. <laughs> wow. Um, Five Alabama is where I grew up. It's in DeKalb County, which is in the very northeast corner of the state. It's near Rome, Georgia, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. And it's on an area called Sand Mountain. It's part of the Appalachian Mountain chain. So we're kind of higher elevation, and um, it's like farmlands, chicken houses, hog houses, but it has a lot of state parks and waterfalls, and it's really, really it's pretty. But Beautiful. Right. But it's really boring, okay? (laughs) I mean, it is smaller than a small town. Um, There's really nothing to do in Fife. And when this, this was, the story is set in 1989. And so I looked up um, the population. It was about 1,200 residents. So that's where I grew up. I graduated with um, 50 people or less, less than 50 people in my high school. So really, there was nothing to do. Ride dirt roads. (laughs) And I couldn't do that then. I was in the fourth grade when this story is set. Um, so, but it, when I was in the fourth grade, Fife became part of the national and international spotlight, international even, um, because there were UFO sightings, several within a few days in oh, our wow. town. And what I remember most is how so many people came in our tiny town. I mean, a oh, thousand wow. people basically. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. So we had, no, we had 4,000 visit. I have a, I have a reference for that, but 4,000 over so a few like days. almost four times, four times the- our- <laughs> Oh my God. So, 
to me, when I think about this story, it was just such an exciting time. So I really only have my fourth grade memories of this. So I tried, I was like, I probably should go back and get a few facts because what I remember at 10 is probably not all of the truth. I'm as truthful as we can be about UFO sightings, I suppose. But <laughs> So I got some basic facts in order. And according to a Weekly Post newspaper, which is a local county newspaper, um, and reporter Susan Stockman, Donna Saylor was the first to report to police a UFO sighting. And uh, she said she had watched a strange blue light hover near her home for over 10 minutes. So the call went into Fife City Hall and Fred works Fife Assistant Police Police Chief. Um, I know a lot of the people in this story, by the way. Like people are married <laughs> to people you can imagine. So he was kind of an in-law um, for our family, um, and he took the call. He was assistant chief, and Junior Garmony, the chief, um, was out. But when he came in, he said, "Hey, Chief, you want to go out to Kelly's Chapel and see what Donna Sailor has seen out here?" Uh-huh. <laughs> she said she's seen a UFO. So most people don't live inside Five. It's very, very tiny. So there's Kelly's Chapel. It's always named after the local churches, you know, mm-hmm. in this area. Very, the rural side of rural Fife. Right. I mean, way out in nowhere land. No street lights. There's nothing really out there but darkness and farmland. And um, so when they were on the way, um, they saw what Donna had seen. They saw this lot. Now, these are the first sightings. Oh, he saw it too. Two police officers. Oh, damn. So we've got the chief and the assistant chief, and they saw it. So they called nearby cities to see if they could see what they could see. Because I'm telling you, this is darkness. There's no light right. out here. And so I think it's probably where our good friend, uh, box fan Chad, lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my guess, and I know DeKalb County pretty well, and I know where Kelly's Chapel is, most likely they had to call the Geraldine police to see, like, yeah. mm-hmm. which is the same size as five, <laughs> about a thousand other people, right. um, if they had seen it. And they confirmed that they could see it, too. Oh, They said, we can see what you see. And it was headed more toward their way. So the two five police officers decided to go back to five because they're like, well, it's on its way to Geraldine. That's their problem now. (laughs) (laughs) Not an intricate emergency. (laughs) Geraldine can handle it. You You know, we're talking the country. They're like. We see it. There's something weird here, but it's probably explainable. It's not an emergency. Right. So as they're driving back to Fife, Kelly's Chapel is probably like five miles outside of like downtown. So they get a call from those local officers that say it's headed your way. Something is headed back toward you. And so they stopped in like a driveway or on a dirt road and they saw something that they thought at first was a plane heading toward them. Mm -hmm. And they said it was triangle shaped, metallic in color and had three huge lights on the underside. And they said it was only about 2,000 feet above them. I'm not really sure how they can gauge that because, like, there's no buildings. (laughs) (laughs) But the the tallest oak tree, maybe. (laughs) But that's, what, like 20 stories high. But the point is, they knew they should be able to hear this thing above them. Right. But it was quiet. No noise. So they knew a plane or a helicopter Mm -hmm. or some craft that they're familiar with, they'd be able to hear it. And so they got out of the car as they saw the craft coming in their direction. And uh, Chief Work says, the object came on over and got straight overhead. The sound, we never heard anything. Huh. And so... Sightings continued. I know. I don't know. That's what David Huggins said. I'm just saying. Like, oh, yeah. You can't hear any sounds when they're around. Oh, is that yeah. the fucking aliens? And the Pascagoula yeah. guys, too. They were the like, ones, the two. That's who the two. I thought of that when you told that story. It was very close to this story. Yeah, blue lights and everything. Yeah. But so, you know, like, the second and third people to hear this are the police. Right. And their country police. They don't want any, like, they're not trying to, like, cause trouble or get in the national spotlight. Right. But over the next few days, signings continued. And so this was in fe- on February 10th. 
when that happened. Mm -hmm. And then the 11th and 12th, over 50 more calls came in to the Fife police station. And I thought about that for a while. And I was like, well, social media, stuff like that hits fast. But we're talking about 1989, rural Alabama. No cell phones. It wasn't like people were catching on and like just adding to it. It was like people out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. Right. Calling in saying, we see weird stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. on their farms. And so people are miles and miles apart. And, you know, they're not as connected as we are now. So I think... 50 in two That's or three days impressive number. is a yeah, lot of really people. Is. And it wasn't just in Fife there. I looked as I was researching, there's several in the DeKalb County area throughout. And during this time also was around the cow mutilations. If y'all remember anything about that, oh. that can be another story. Okay. Because this all kind of time, I kind of mashed those together. So I separated that out, but we save that for another day. Okay. The cow mutilations. Shit, no, no, no. <laughs> I to go research that now. Um, but the biggest part of the story is like during those days, hundreds of news news crews came and thousands of people and sightseers and they would cruise up and down our main street which had no red light we didn't have a red light until after i graduated high school oh my god yeah i'm serious there were so people cruising up and down and we made it to the new york times even i researched this and found a new york times article about fife in those days and that's who said more than four thousand people came in those few days and so people started capitalizing on this of course and making t-shirts and i was telling my friend deborah that I was doing this and she graduated with me and she said, I remember it was Selena's dad who made this (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. And she was like, it said, she have one. That'd be amazing. What I remember is they had a banana shaped. It was shaped like a banana (laughs) UFO on it. And it had red and blue lights around the edge of the banana. And, um, she said, it said, um, I survived the Sand mountain UFOs. (laughs) That's what it said. And so, um, uh, during that time, someone opened a cafe, or it may have been open, and they immediately changed their name to the UFO Cafe. Oh, <laughs> wow. And the only little Smart. place, the only <laughs> little diner, or UFO diner, maybe. And so it had, they were trying to give it that retro, mm-hmm. like, um, what is it, Area 51 feel like to chrome it? And yeah. Chrome yeah. and red vinyl. And I loved it, and they had all these cool colors, like, I don't know, like fluorescent green and magenta or something like 80s sweetness and um so but my favorite memory of this time and my mom we just went to a concert together today and she was as i was telling her i was doing this she told me this memory again so i know it's her telling me this over the years but uh, my mom drove my sister and my friends and i to cruise around with everyone one night we're 10 years old or my sister's like seven at the time and she played uh, the Carpenters, Karen Carpenter singing, Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Crafts. <laughs> Look it up. It's a fantastic song. I recommend everyone. I love Karen Carpenter. My mother loved Karen Carpenter. And she said that she, do you remember? I drove you. It was a Dodge Omni. Yes, a tiny car. And I rolled the windows down and we played Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Crafts. And I was like, I do. I'm going to talk about that <laughs> in my story. Crazy. And so we got binoculars. We're looking at the sky. We're like, all these people around. Like, mm-hmm. We've never seen. And also my friend Deb, I was telling her this. And she said, we made the news at that time of like our 10-year-old self scrunchies in our hair, you know, like <laughs> socks. Looking at with binoculars. <laughs> they panned so us much. in the parking lot. Like, oh, you know, looking cool. up. So. I'm Did you have bangs? Oh, I had like spiral perm and bangs. <laughs> <laughs> Always kept a spiral perm, even though my hair is super straight. It didn't like it. So, um, so we're up there looking, trying to look for a UFO. And the final thing <laughs> I want to say, all this news frenzy, and these are just country people like to keep to themselves. And right. they're just out everywhere scouring these like Kelly's Chapel, Green's Chapel, Grove Oak area. And uh, my friend Deidre, her dad, uh, J.A., who was my softball coach during this time, 
And he was interviewed. They, they found him out in, he lives in Green's Chapel, near Kelly's Chapel. And um, they found him somehow. And I think it was Entertainment Tonight. It was a big news magazine show. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. The 80s, like, extra, maybe it was extra. <laughs> and um, he knew how ridiculous this was, but he let them interview him anyway. Mm-hmm. And he played along with them. And they asked uh, if he had seen a UFO or an alien. And he said that he hadn't, but he knew his hound dog had. <laughs> and uh, and they were like, how do, you, how do you know if your hound dog saw the UFO? And he said, well, he used to talk to me all the time, but he ain't seen nothing since. I said nothing since. <laughs> he ain't said nothing since. And I kind of remember like a, like a pan to a hound dog under a kitchen table, like, you know. All this footage, we watched it. And my friend, I was like, for like four or five years ago, we started reconnecting on social media and we started hanging out a few times a year since then. And we talked about this and I was like, where is that video? And she said she has even called like producers to get, she can't find it on YouTube. She can't find it anywhere. And I was like, I can't believe y'all didn't record that at the time. And she goes, oh, we did. Uh And I said, well, what about that? We could turn that digital. And she goes, well, apparently... I thought a New Kids on the Block concert was uh, more important. <laughs> and so she got some NKOTB instead of her dad mm-hmm. um, oh my telling this wonderful story oh. on Entertainment Tonight. So that was what was more important when we were 10 oh, that's so years old. I'm just like, I can't believe it. So she's kicking levels. herself. You know, we're 40 now. And she's like, I can't believe I recorded over that. I'm such a dummy. And... Um, one thing else that came out of this is the UFO days in Fife, Alabama. And this year will be the oh. 15th year of this. And oh. it's like unforgettable family outing is what it means. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is not what it should mean. <laughs> yeah. That's false advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Look, I'm sorry, Aunt Angela, who helped start this. But yeah. <laughs> so for 15 years, they've had, um, it's like vendors, musicians, and um, food, and, you know, art and things, and the main attraction, though, is a hot air balloon rides. And my mom has taken a couple of those. So you can pay to go up in a hot air balloon and go over the country oh, in that area. And it's really fun. pretty. Yeah. But and it'll... it's not <laughs> UFOs. <laughs> those balloons could be. like they're They gonna... should sell those banana shirts. Yeah, they should sell them. So that'll be, it'll be again in August this year. So UFO days. Everybody go to five UFO capital of the world. Woo! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> now we have to welcome. Oh, wow. Now we have to look up mutilated cows and also the dates because I can't remember when the dates of my Pascagoula guys were. Oh, I know. Because it seems very close. I feel like similar. it was in the middle 73. 70s. 73. Yeah. She had a story. Pascagoula right. Was 73, and this was 89. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much, Courtney. You're welcome. Thanks. This is. um. How long can I make that silence last? <laughs> what, are we, what are we listening to? All right, maybe we should start again. Yes. Okay. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. We're, we are I mean, live. it's everybody else has been ready but me <laughs> up until now. This is the, the second half of our, our listener lore. So this one comes to us from our friend Lauren from here. Yes. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. All right. I'm just going to read what she emailed to us. Yes, so good. Word for word, I am not responsible. I need to preface the story by telling you that my parents have never even told my brother or sister about this story. They don't believe in the paranormal, 
The only ghost they believe in is the Holy Ghost. If you met them, you'd immediately be intimidated by my father's resting bitch face. (laughs) (laughs) The value that they place on other people's opinions of them is to the point of troubling. And for that reason, I would like to leave them leave out my last name as we have done. Yes. Understand. Shortly after my parents were married in the summer of 1980, they went to visit my grandparents at their old farm. 1980. They went to visit my grandparents at their old farm in Chestertown, Maryland. The family had always said that there was something a little off about the house. People would see and hear things, but never anything substantial. In the most Cold War American way possible, my grandparents blamed the Russians. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll get to that. After falling asleep during the first night of their visit, my mother had a nightmare. She described a woman with long, dark hair and a flowing white gown chasing her with a knife around her neighborhood. Though the woman never actually reached her, my mother woke with such a fright that it startled my father awake as well. As their eyes adjusted to the dark, they saw something that they would never forget. The dark-haired woman in the long, white gown floating at the bottom of the bed. Shit. Mm-mm. She said nothing. She did nothing. And after a long moment, she vanished. My parents, being practical people, sat and talked about what they saw instead of freaking the fuck out and screaming their heads off. (laughs) As it turned out, my father had the same dream about the woman chasing them. Oh, I don't remember that. (laughs) I've asked my parents to retell this story to me many times over the years, and it has never once changed. They aren't the type of people to feed you bullshit or tell you a lie, and they especially wouldn't tell me this story if it wasn't true. They honestly don't have the imagination for that. Though, after asking them to retell this story for me so I could finally write it down, they both added a detail that I never knew before. The farmhouse had been the scene of murder carried out by the Russians, and they believed that she was the ghost of one of those murdered. Let me rewind the clock a bit for you. In 1972, the Soviet Union acquired a 45-acre parcel of land in the Sleepy River town of Centerville, Maryland, the next town over from Chesterton. The Russians used this area as a vacation home for ambassadors and other political elite, and it was completely protected under diplomatic immunity. The home, known by locals as the Embassy, was always the subject of gossip and conspiracy due to the armed men that stood guard at the gates. Due to the property being on such a picturesque lo- shit, sex on the beach, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Due to the property being on such a picturesque landscape, many Russian families moved to the area, including the old farmhouse in Chesterton. I say this with absolutely zero evidence or proof, but apparently my family believes that a murder took place in the farmhouse's garage. <laughs> it has been since demolished and completely redeveloped. So if the creepy dark-haired lady in white is still there, she's probably haunting a parking lot. <laughs> the Russians are still very much there in Centerville and Chesterton, and I don't think we'll ever really know if there was an actual murder in the house or not. But you have to believe me when I tell you that my parents know what they saw, and they won't ever forget it. Wow. <laughs> Good one. So if they don't believe in the paranormal, this is my question, is how do they how do they explain what they saw? So if you don't believe in it, how, how can you talk about it with living through it? You'll have to ask her. I, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you rationalize that? How 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 does one That's rationalize That's a very it? good question. Well, you know, I mean, seriously, like, during the fucking Aliens episode, David Huggins, you know, we right? talked about this philosopher who said that, like, Jesus is, like, you know, angels 
and aliens are kind of the same thing. Oh, that's true. That's like true. creatures come from the sky and fuck with you and you know, it Go just depends up. on how you define them. How right? you define them, yeah. So if that's the true. Holy Spirit is your spirit, is an angel trying to tell you shit. Wow. Yeah. Great story, Lauren. Thank Great you story. so much. Thank you. And thank you, Courtney. Thank you, for Courtney. Our second listener lore. That's it. That's it. Silence. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> Me either. Too good. Bye. Bye. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thestrangesouthpodcast.com or on our website, thestrangesouth.com. Yes! Thank you! (laughs) How long can I make that silence last? (laughs) (laughs) All right, man.